Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by the creative, the wonderful John Ronaldo. John, how does it go these days? I don't know if I'm being creative enough. I'll tell you what, Chris, if, if COVID has done anything for me, it's really challenged me to really think outside of the boxes that I grew up doing ministry in, as, not only as a kid, but as, as a professional minister as well. Uh, You know, I have to say, like, it's been good because COVID has pushed me to to challenge the status quo, to challenge the way that we always go about doing things. And honestly, if I'm being honest, I still have a lot of work to do because I don't think I have good responses to where we are today in church and where we need to be. Oh, John, that saddens me. I, you know, like give yourself a little bit more credit. I mean, it, it is challenging to be innovative, you know, to to spawn your own innovation um, is difficult. And in fact, uh, you know, it's fine because uh, as part of the uh, diocesan cohorts that we do um, for uh, new youth ministers, one of the big principles we talk about in leadership is the ability to be innovative because when you're a leader, right, God gives you this huge burden. And uh, sometimes that burden is, you know, something we plan or we're aware of. And sometimes it just comes on uh, in front of us, like, uh, you know, uh, current um, pandemic did and everything. And, and if we do not um, recognize the variables or um, put in place certain principles or habits, then it will um, close out our innovation. And, um, you know, I, I think it's uh um, important as leaders um, to recognize whether or not you're being innovative. And so, you know, while John and I could spend time talking about how to um, lead others to be innovative, I think what we feel is the most more important topic is to recognize whether or not you're innovative and how to recognize your own innovation um, as a leader. So whether you're a pastor, a youth minister, uh, a volunteer, you're a leader. Um, and it's important for us to recognize our own innovation and recognize whether or not we're innovative and how to improve that innovation. Yes. And and here's where this episode really came from. And part of it is certainly still COVID related. We've done a lot of episodes on COVID, right? But I think we need to. It's, it's here to stay. It's going to be here for a while. It's really changing the face of the church not just in the United States, but worldwide, obviously, you know, but, but, you know, the, the coaching that we've been doing, the trainings that we've been doing, as we listen to people out in the field, the more I go, wow, like we're asking the wrong questions. Right. And, and, and there is this push and we've warned about this already, you know, and, and I'm going to keep coming back to it. There's this push to go back to doing things the way that we've always done them. Folks, I, I can't stress this enough, Chris. You, I'm animated about this, right? That church is gone. Elements of it are, are still going to be with us, but it's gone and, and it's changed. And again, COVID didn't cause it. COVID accelerated the trends, right? We've said that a million trillion times. It accelerated the t- trends of people disaffiliating from the church and disinterested in religious education, youth ministry, right? But if, if COVID has done anything, it said we've got to think differently. And it's not just a small tweak here and there. Uh, it, it, we're talking about wholesale shifts. Again, not about what the church teaches. It's about our methodologies. It's about our behaviors. It's about how we go about doing it. And, and the reason I'm still so passionate about this, Chris, is because 
constantly where we're going. Rich and I had some conversations about this recently and our team at Paris Success Group is like, we, we're, we're doing a lot of these virtual conferences and coaching and like that. And people are like asking the wrong questions and they're, and, and they're not there yet. They're not there yet. It's like, I can't wait to go back to normal or, or this is my favorite thing to do. I want to keep doing it. Yeah, but if people aren't coming to it, I don't care if it's your favorite thing to do. It's not working, right? You know, and so those are the conversations that we've been having. And so, Chris, I felt the need that we just got to keep pushing this conversation about change and growth and, and how do we do that? Because we are not there yet. We are not there yet. So we're going to talk about how to evaluate your innovation, right? How to recognize whether you are an agent of change or not. And just a quick little story, um, Craig Gould, who is a, a good friend of ours, he's the diocesan director here in Baltimore for Youth and Young Adult Ministry. And um, a, a, uh, not many years ago, but uh, more than a couple of years ago, he was when he was new to the position, he was visiting me. And I, 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 like, I was just sharing with him, I was like, you know, Craig, I want to be innovative. I want to be creative. So one of the big ideas that I have is uh, small groups in homes. And, you know, I was like really excited and enthusiastic about it. And Craig's response was like, Chris, there's nothing innovative about that. And I was like, oh, you're right. You know, because like, you know, you look at other parachurch organizations, you know, um, even, you know, other Catholic uh, organizations and and small groups have been happening in homes for 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 youth as well as adults. For, for centuries, you know, even before you met on campus, it, it was in homes and everything like that. But like, there are going to be times where um, we get stuck thinking like something is new or fresh um, when really it's been done before. And so, um, you know, I don't mean to share that to be discouraging to people to be like, hey, you're not going to come up with an original idea or, or things along those lines. But, you know, in order to evaluate whether you're innovative or not, I, I think the first thing is to um, to know to be able to evaluate um, what you're currently doing and whether or not that's having the results that 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 you're hoping for, the results you expect, right? So in, in my book, Rebuilding uh, Youth Ministry, um, I talk about three questions that everyone should ask in regards to um, whether or not a program or ministry should stay, right? Um, and, and the first question is, um, does this meet our vision, right? Is what you're doing meeting the vision or mission? If it's not, it's no longer innovative. It's no longer creative. It's just doing what we've always done, right? Second question is, does the um, labor outweigh the fruit? Does the labor outweigh the fruit? Well, I mean, again, it's like to start anything up, there's going to be a lot of work that goes into it. So if you're starting anything new, it's hard to evaluate that. But anything you've been doing for a while and there's not the same fruit and the labor and the work that you're putting into it is just making you tired or worn out, then that is going to, uh, that's something that needs to go. And then the third thing is, is this a competing system? Is this competing against something better or greater that you need to do, right? Sacrifice good for great um, in that regards. And so the reason why you want to go through that evaluation system and really assess what's in front of you is because one of the biggest killers of innovation is busyness. And if you are too busy, if you've got too much on your plate or things that are on your plate are not synergetic or um, building momentum to that vision or to that passion that God has instilled inside of you, there is no way you're going to be innovative. So before you determine whether or not you're being innovative, look at like your, your, your personal plate, your church's plate, your ministry's plate and ask those questions. 
I think those are great questions to be asking because those those are ones that we get stuck in, right? And that's the reality. We we're doing the same things that we've been doing for years, right? But part of the challenge for us too, I'd, I'd kind of add to those three is really like, okay, then what are the metrics that we're using to, to measure the effectiveness of those things? And I'm, I'm talking numbers here, right? You know, because people, you know, will poo-poo numbers, right? You know, but if we're not seeing growth in certain key areas, whether it's mass attendance or giving or RCA numbers, that actually tells you something. It tells you that we're not meeting a need or we're not attracting people, right? But that what scares us about that is because that now requires accountability. I am now accountable to having my whatever, my youth ministry numbers or my religious ed numbers or my RCA numbers grow. And if they don't grow, that is um, a, an evaluation, a commentary on, on how I'm doing and how my work is doing. Yes. And guess what? That's how the majority of life works, right? And businesses, you know, work. It's like you're measured based on your results. What are your results? Part of the challenge for church, Chris, is that we don't hold ourselves or each other accountable because we don't know what to hold them accountable to because we don't have any metrics. We don't have any measures, right? You know, uh, and that's a place that we have to go to uh, and really think through. Exactly, exactly. And, and so looking at those metrics, which, you know, attendance is a part of it, um, financial giving is a part of it, uh, commitment from volunteers and from even your staff is a part of it. If like things are not getting done and progressing forward, then um, then, yeah, you, you're, you're creating obstacles that stand in the way of innovation. So, yeah, no, principle number one in determining whether you're innovative or not um, will come down to uh, exactly what your goals are and, and what your rate of busyness is. If you are too busy and your goals or metrics are misaligned, then it, it doesn't matter how creative you think you are, you're not gonna be able to overcome the challenges that, that stand in your way. Um, the, the next part when it comes to being innovative and determining what your innovation is, is, is your level of discomfort. Uh, and I love this, right? Like how uncomfortable are you like, willing to make yourself. Now, there's feeling uncomfortable because the world's made you uncomfortable, right? The pandemic has made us all uncomfortable. But then there's also the self-imposed discomfort, right? Um, you know, so uh, whenever you, uh, I was talking to a, a group of youth ministers about this the other day, whenever you face a problem that needs to be solved or a project that needs to be created, right? Like there's two ways that we kind of react to that. Um, I believe, John, there is some of us who jump, you know, you know, head in, like we, we tackle that issue right away. And then there's others of us that take a step back. The problem is that some of us take that step back and never step in. And then the ones that step in, you know, just keep going and, and maybe veer off or misalign themselves with the vision or the initial intention because they're just too busy. And so for us as leaders, it is essential, you know, to, um, to evaluate, okay, when a project comes, like, how do I react to that? Do I initially dive in or do I initially take a step back? And then what are things in my life that if I take a step back, remind me to step in? Or if I step in, remind me to take a step back? And I know I, I used a lot of the same language there, but, you know, again, it's, it's how do you tackle a project? How are you, wait, how are you able to move yourself from, you know, comfortable to uncomfortable? 
Yeah. And, and it's really, there's a change element to that, right? It is uncomfortable, but comfort is the, the biggest hindrance to, to progress, to innovation, to change, right? And the more comfortable we are. And quite honestly, the older we get, this is true for me too, the older I get, the more comfortable I get, the more comfortable I get, the, the less I want to push myself because why would I want to be uncomfortable? But it's the uncomfortability that leads to progress. I just want to share a couple of quotes, you know, that have been on my mind recently and some, some new ones right now, but just a couple real quickly. George Bernard Shaw said, progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Love that idea, right? And I think there's an element, Chris, of us changing our minds about how we go about doing ministry right and i go back to this idea of of this consumeristic church versus this missional church right a consumeristic church is like what's in it for me you know uh and 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 i want to be fed right and that's what we do that's who we spend our time you know focusing on is the people that show up Right. You know, and that's where we spend all of our energy. But yet that's not who we're called to spend our energy versus the missional churches going out. Right. And 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 serving those who are not coming. And that's quite honestly a lot more work and a lot more uncomfortable. Right. But but that's where we got to be. And we are I think we're still in many places a long distance away from that. Uh, And that's really a huge shift for a lot of us. It really is. COVID, a lot of, you know, COVID basically stopped us from hosting any events on site anymore. So we actually had to go out and find some other ways to connect with people. But now as things start to slowly open up, people are like, oh, good, I can get back into my comfy couch, right? And everybody comes to me again. That's problematic. And that's not going to bring people back, right? We've seen mass numbers not coming back in the way that, that we expect them. Faith formation numbers are down, you know, across the board, right? They're not coming back. They're not coming back right now. We still have to go out, right? We, that should be our focus. But as soon as the campus started opening back up again, we got entrenched back into our old ways. And so I already see it. We're slipping back. We're slipping back. But that's not how we progress. That's not how we, 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 we reach people. It really isn't. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know if this is Pollyanna or, you know, um, or I don't know what the word is for it, but part of me feels like God is going to guide us through that. Like if he sees the church slipping back too much to that, that these circumstances like will continue to, because I, I really do think there is this huge change that is not just impacting the church, but us as a culture, us as, as a society so greatly that going back to some of these ways is going to be impossible. And you'll find yourself like not able to do that in a sense, because either financially you'll lose money and you have to shut down or, or B you'll, it'll click or change in that way. And, and it, it is tough, right? This like desire to go back to the way things were, if you're feeling that in your heart, you know, again, that that's a reckon that's a time where we have to pause and say, like, okay, God, because I yearn for what was was, like, is this a morning that I just need to go through? Like, is this just me letting that go so that I can move on? But that is a a situation that needs to be addressed, and 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 that will kill your innovation. Um, and that's something that you either need to share with a spiritual director or a therapist, you know, a group of uh, your parish council, a group of people who are going to help you coach through that and, and guide you through that. And, and that kind of like leads me to another principle that I think is important is if you're wondering if you're innovative or not, look at the people around you and ask yourself, are they innovative too? 
Because if you're a leader who's innovative, that's going to influence other innovators, right? Like creatives attract creatives. I mean, that's why, you know, one of my favorite things is reading about these groups of writers and artists and musicians who get together and collaborate. And that's because creatives and innovators attract other creatives and innovators. So if you are a leader and you're looking at your staff and you're like, huh, I'm not sure if they're really creative or not, then, you know, yes, it's a little bit on them, but how are you inspiring them to do that? And at the same time, have you given them permission to be innovative? Have you ever told your staff, it's okay that you fail? Have you ever told your staff that I want you to go take risks? Have you ever asked your staff, or your, and when I say staff, I also mean volunteers too, what are you learning when it comes to your field? What are you learning when it comes to outside of your field of ministry? And so again, it's essential for us as leaders to recognize whether or not we're surrounded by innovative people, because if we're not, then we've got to look at ourselves. Yeah. And part of the challenge is we don't hire innovators, right? If you look at the job descriptions for most people who work in church, we're hiring doers, right? Do this, do that ministry, run this program, do liturgy, whatever. And there's always going to be a component of that too. But part of certainly staff, part of your job description needs to be about visioning, right? And visioning what the future could be like, right? And that's when you get, for instance, you start to inspire other people like your volunteers, and you start to attract those type of people. But because we spend so much time doing, we have no time to innovate or vision. Uh, and so that goes back to that busyness point that you said at the beginning, right? Do, do you allow yourselves and pastors, do you allow your staff time to do the innovation, to do the, 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 the visioning? Because if not, then you are going to get stuck. It's like we're on a hamster wheel. We really are on a hamster wheel. And, and one of the things that I think you already kind of alluded to this, Chris, but I'm going to put a, a more poignant point on this is I think the church, not the church, I think parish and diocesan structures are going to go through pain, more pain as it goes through this change. Look, the church is not going anywhere. We know that. The church is the church will be here whether you or I, Chris, are doing this podcast and helping the church do that, right? You know, but our current structures are can fall apart and can change. And I think what we're going to see over the course of the next two, three, five years is is our, uh, those structures falling apart. I really do think that. And, and, and because we're not willing to innovate. Now, there'll be places that we're willing to innovate and change, and we'll be able to address that. Um, and, and they'll be able to pivot a lot easier. But I, I think for those who are not willing to endure the pain of innovation and change today, just hold on, because I believe it. I believe your pain is going to get worse then. I'd rather go through the pain now because it's going to be easier now than a year from now when we we're going back to all the ways that we used to do things and we're hurting because it's not working. It's not going to work at post COVID church. Maybe well, that just, sounds, maybe I, I'm, maybe I'm sounding apocalyptic, but I see that I'm already starting to see that. And I see that reality. But it's not apocalyptic. I mean, we see Mordecai tell Esther that, right? He says, uh, you know, and Esther's like, I don't know if I'm worthy enough to do this, right? When she needs to go to um, King Assasaris and say, like, you know, stop what's going on to, to my people. Mordecai says, all right, you know, that's fine. God, I'm totally paraphrasing, but that's fine. But uh, whether you choose to be a part of this or not, God, God's will will be done. I mean, you and your family will perish, he says that, but God's will will be done. And so that's sort of like, 
you know, where I have hope in the church that, like you said, the church will keep going, that it, it will look different. The question is whether you and I and people listening to this want to be a part of that, right? And and it doesn't just mean we'll miss out, you know, and, and miss out on the fun, but like we'll miss out on that joy. We'll miss out on that blessing that will come from from pursuing this. And so, again, it's so important for us to to, to recognize this and, and to ask ourselves, are we willing to change? Are we willing to adapt? Um, all right. I got I got another principle um, that I, I think is uh, essential to this, you know, in addition to um, looking at uh, the people around you. It's to looking at how much time do you spend in your own formation, right? How much time do you spend in your own formation, spiritually, human, pastoral, intellectual, right? The four pillars. Are you taking time to really grow in that? And and just to be, uh, you know, transparent, right? Like, I don't think anyone would ever question like my commitment to growing, you know, professionally, my commitment to growing, you know, in the pastoral sense. Um, but we've discussed my whole journey in enrolling in grad school, right? And in the intellectual. And, and to tell you the truth, one area that I was limiting myself for a long time was the intellectual aspects of our faith. And, you know, and, and even though there were videos and podcasts and books that I could, um, you know, engage in, I needed a deeper level of commitment to my formation. And so if you're a pastor, if you're a youth minister, if you're a DRE, if you're a business manager, and you've not been to a conference, if you are not reading books, if you're not listening to podcasts, I mean, if you're listening to this one, hey, that's a good step. But like, if you're not listening to other podcasts, um, then, uh, and, and if you're not like looking for a coach or a spiritual director, then the question is like, how are you looking to mold and change yourself, right? What's the investment that you're willing to make in yourself? So, you know, this is a little bit aligned with, the comfort zone, right? But like, how are you pushing yourself to learn and grow? Because if you're not learning anything, then you're not creating anything. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and that's essential. Absolutely. It's those inputs. What are what are the inputs that we're, we're feeding into our minds and our hearts that are so essential? And I'm going to link back on the show notes to a previous episode we did on this very topic, or what does our personal and professional growth look like? Uh, so if you just go to the churchpodcast.org, and visit episode 158, you'll see a link to that previous episode where we did. We talked about books and podcasts and and conferences and all sorts of other things that we do to kind of do our growth. So we won't reiterate that. But I think input is so important, though. What type of input are we getting? And I think that input needs to come from both the Catholic world and it needs to come from the non-Catholic world. What I mean by that is certainly other, other faith traditions, other Christian traditions, for sure. Uh, and also things, the business world, uh, and and some of the some of the the best ideas and innovation that I've had have come from me listening to non-religious leaders of businesses and other things and authors and whatnot giving me the ideas like, oh, absolutely, I need to run with that, right? You know, and that input is so important, you know. So I take that input very seriously. Definitely, definitely. So just to, again to recap, you know, like with what we're talking about, you know, as a leader, like. Take it, take a second to look at your ministry. You know, is it um, like, how are you evaluating it? What are your goals? Like, because if you're too busy, if you don't have goals and anything like that, then you're not going to be able to be innovated. Um, Look at your comfort level. Are you, um, you know, stuck, um, you know, hiding from the issues or are you too, again, making yourself too busy by just jumping in? You know, because if, if so, you're just not going to be able to have that mental capacity, you know, and then look at, you know, the, the people around you. If they're not innovative, then chances are you're not that innovative because innovation, um, you know, uh, attracts innovation. 
And then lastly, like how, what's your, what's your formation plan? Like, are you actively growing? Are you actively investing in yourself? Because it's with those ideas from other people. It's with those um, like uh, stories from other people that you will be inspired to try something new, to do something new, because those people are giving you permission to do something that um, might seem bold or scary to that, to the average person. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, and part of that formation, again, just to emphasize it is also your spiritual formation, you know, make sure you're praying. If you're not praying, if you're not allowing God into your life, if you're not like even struggling with your prayer life, you're just ignoring it, then you're not allowing the, the great muse, the, the advocate, the Holy spirit into your life to allow you to innovate. And we need the Holy spirit to, to move us forward. Um, John, would you add anything else to that? Any, final thoughts or comments as we uh, bring this to a close? Yeah, just one final thing, especially for pastors and, and parish administrators, give permission. We talked about that before, but I just want to drive that home. Give your staff and your volunteers and your parish council permission to innovate, to try new things. It's not all going to work the first time. You are going to get pushback from people, but who are you getting pushback from? Uh, you may get pushback from staff. That's fair. Deal with that. But you may get pushback from parishioners. But who are the who are the ones you getting pushback? From? The ones that are going to be there no matter what, right? And that that I'm not saying ignore them, but I'm saying there's a whole audience of people that you're not reaching that 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 you need to be innovative on. And if I make a couple of current parishioners uncomfortable, but I reach a whole slew of other people who need God's love, I'm okay with that. Can we be okay with that? And encourage our staff to be okay with that too. And expect that pushback when innovation change comes. Yes, you're gonna get the very active person say, poo-poo your idea. You're gonna get the donor, right? Who gives a lot of money, poo-poo the idea. Do we have the courage? to push back on that and say, no, our mission is about reaching those who aren't here. So we're going to try it. We got to get you, especially as pastor, as a leader, as a parish administrator, you first and foremost have the ability to give people permission and push in that direction. Awesome. All right. So if you need help or guidance in this, please reach out to us at the church podcast.org. Uh, um, shoot us an email at questions at the church podcast.org. And if you're looking for parish, uh, you know, staff renewal or uh, just revival, or just to get your staff on that board, definitely reach out to John at the church uh, at the parish success group. Um, John, um, what, where do they go for that? Yep. Par uh, visit us at parishsuccessgroup.com. Uh, we got all sorts of information there. We even got some video testimonies there of, of previous pastors and other leaders who have gone through coaching and some of our other experiences. Uh, so you check out some of those as well. And of course, you can always connect with me at on Twitter at John Ronaldo. And if you're a youth minister at DRE and you're looking to, um, you know, revamp your your ministry or just uh, address some of these things or even discover your core motivation, reach out to us at Marathon Youth Ministry. Um, you can also find us on social media at all things Marathon Youth Ministry. But of course, visit us at thechurchpodcast.org. And if you think that this episode was awesome or you have enjoyed past episodes, we encourage you to share those with your friends, your families, your pets, or anyone you think might benefit from this. And of course, if you like this episode, please leave a star, a five-star review. Um, it definitely helps us get word out there. And it also reminds John that he's loved, not just by me and his wife and his kids, but by others too. Um, but uh, again, thank you all for what you've done. John, always a pleasure to talk with you and talk about these things. Would you uh, close this in prayer? 
I would be honored to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this, this gift, this gift of the time that we're in, as crazy as it is, Lord. It's allowing us to have some different conversations, Lord, about how we do your work, how we do your and fulfill your mission, Lord. May we always be focused on that. May we have the courage, send your spirit upon us to have the courage to innovate and to uh, deal with some of the pushback if it's truly reaching your people like you want us to do that. Help us to not be a consumeristic church. Drive us to be a missional church in all that we do and help us uh, to change how we do things so that we can truly be that. So Lord, we give, we give you our parishes, we give you our ministries, we give you our time, we give you all that we are, our strengths, our gifts for your mission. Take us, use us, and may we listen to you and may, may we be inspired by your movement. In your name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.